got your Bibles, be turning to Isaiah 40, verse 28 through 30, and we will dive into God's Word. Father, we love you so much. God, we thank you for your promises in your Word, God. Thank you, Lord, for taking us through, oh Lord, uh, places and seasons in our lives and things in our life, God, where you put your Word to the test, and God, it's proven God, every time to be spot on and faithful and true, and God, it works. And Lord, I'm so grateful for that, Lord. I pray, God, for the weary traveler this morning, the weary soul in this place today, God, that, Lord, that they would hear and know the remedy, God, for their problem, God, that they would know they don't have to stay where they are, that there's a way out. And Father, you give us that way out. And I'm, uh, I, I've recognized in my own life that I haven't been taking advantage of it. And God, I believe there's many here who have not in the busyness of life, the busyness of uh, uh, the American way of life, American Christianity. Father, I pray that we just slow down and go back to what absolutely you say in your word is the remedy and what works, God. So Lord, let us take this truth today, this simple simple truth today. Apply it to our hearts and lives and watch and see what the Lord can do in our life in these last days. God, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. I've been tired lately. Last couple of weeks, re really tired. I'm talking about like really tired. Spiritually, weary. And, uh, uh, and I believe there's some more in this place that are that way. And I believe God's got, whether physically tired, whether uh, spiritually tired, uh, God's got a remedy for us today. Look at what the Word of God says in Isaiah 40. It says it in the last few verses I want to read here. Starting at verse 28, it says these words. Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth? He doesn't faint, nor is He weary. Isn't that good news? His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, He increases their strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. And the young man shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not Faint. Now this is talking about the Christian. It's talking about the Christian life. It's talking about us as being, at times we go through places where we get weary. Where we get, we get, we fight the battles, Daniel, and we get tired. We get faint, the Bible uses. King James uses the word faint. We come to a place, we all know what it's like to faint or to have a fainting spell. And to get to a place where we're so weary, we just pass out. But Isaiah speaks here, it's a majestic chapter. If you go home and read this chapter, it's, it's absolutely glorious. In verse 5, he talks about the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. In Isaiah's heart, he cries out in verse 9 and he says, Behold, your God. In verse 17, he says, All the nations are nothing before him. Isn't this glorious and majestic what Isaiah... Go back, if you need some encouragement this week, go back and read Isaiah 40 and start looking at the majesty. We were talking about Wednesday night. Corey brought up that uh, we, we, you know, one of the things we don't do enough of in our, in our teaching and preaching today is uh, talking about the attributes of God. We, don't, we need to know about God. We need to know all about God and what He's like. We need to know all of His attributes. And 
and to study God. We, we, we study a lot of other things, but we don't study God often enough. And our God is awesome. He's powerful. He's majestic. He's mighty. All the nations are as nothing before Him. And then He says in verse 18, Who will you liken to our God? You can't liken anything. You can't liken man to our God, the greatest man to our God. You cannot liken another so-called false God. You cannot liken uh, Muhammad. You cannot liken Buddha. You can't, they're all dead. Our God is risen from the grave. He's alive and He is mighty and powerful. Amen. None beside the God Almighty, the great I Am. Amen. That's Him. That's Him. There's none like Him. So, but, but, but there's different challenges. There's difficult challenges in the Christian life, aren't there? Many challenges, many difficult places that we walk through. Paul at Lystra one time was stoned. And the Bible says in Acts 14, 21, it says that after he was stoned, that Raymond, he went back bloodied and bruised and broken all up. And he went back to those very churches, the Bible says, stood before them, encouraged them in the faith, saying that we must through much Tribulation entered the kingdom of heaven. I mean, he's standing there as a picture, just been stoned in this place, goes back to the churches there to be an encouragement to them and says, hey, guess what, guys? I know you see something right here, a wreck of a man that's been battered and beaten, but I got news for you. We must all, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of heaven. And he goes back and he encourages them to keep the fight, to keep the course, to get, keep going. Well, what kind of difficulties do we face in this life? Well, we, we face discouragement of all kinds, right? It's discouraging week after week after week. We face confusion all the time when we th see things that we don't have a clue about. We face unbelief in this world as Christians. We face doubts. We face unbelief. We face physical and emotional weariness always. We face uh, opposition constantly, and that's increasing by others, by other uh, people, by other Christians, criticism by others. We, we experience disappointments. We experience betrayals by people uh, far off and by people close to us and near. We, we experience failures of others. We experience uh, sicknesses at times and chronic pains and problems. And the Bible here mentions in this verse, if you look at it, if you go back and count them and look at them, in just the last part of Isaiah, it tells us four times that he mentions the word fainting. And if you put the word weary in there and add it to it, it's seven times. In these short few verses that Isaiah mentions seven times the word weary and the word fainting, he tells us. So spiritual weariness and fainting is common to all of us. Every Christian here will experience this condition at some point in your life. If you, if you haven't, you, then you're very new in the faith and just hold on, buckle up because it's coming because there's no one who is exempt from weariness. Now the meaning of weariness is simply this. Fainting and weary means loss of strength mentally or physically. Anybody? Feel like they've been there lately. Loss of strength emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically. It's, it's just, it's exhaustion, fatigue. It's your supply, your daily supply. You're depleted of, of all energy to keep going. It's the ability to keep going seems gone due to the hardness of life. Life is just too hard. I can't take it anymore. My job, my marriage, my, my whatever it is, my church, my ministry, whatever you're dealing with, my children, my spouse, whatever. I'm, I'm just at a loss of strength mentally or physically. My health, 
Uh, whatever it may be, and it's the ability to keep going seems to be gone because of how hard it is and the hardness of life. And the, the Bible is full of all kind of examples of people. Aren't you glad? I've been thanking God recently, Brenda, for all the people who have gone through hard things in the Bible. I am so glad they're there. I'm so glad for the mess ups. I'm glad for Peter walking on water and falling in the water. I am glad. I am glad. I'm glad for the betrayal. I'm glad for the denial. I'm glad for it all because I see myself at many times in all of those characters and in all of those people that are playing out. And I'm so glad God wrote those into the Word of God to show us the frailty of humanity and what we go through. But He gives us fully, full, many examples of this fainting or this weakness in the Word of God. Gideon is a perfect example. Gideon had 300 men. He had a big army at one time. God calls him to do something really impossible. And so what does God do in great God-like fashion? Hey, you got too many, let's whittle it down. And so he whittles him down to 300 people, the Bible says. And at one place in Judges 8, 4, it says that they crossed over the Jordan and it says they crossed over faint yet pursuing. I feel like that lately. It's all I can do to come sometimes. I feel like and it, faint about to faint, yet I'm pursuing. I'm still pressing through on Wednesday night. I'm still coming to this pulpit on Sunday. Listen to what it says in Judges 8.4. And Gideon came to the Jordan. He passed over it. He and 300 men that were with him faint, yet pursuing them. David had 600 men, the Bible says, when he comes back to Ziklag, and they have absolutely pillaged the place. They've ransacked the place. They've taken everything that was David, even his wives, and uh, even the men's wives, and all their possessions, all their belongings. They've been fighting. They're wore out. They are tired. And the Bible says in that point, David is absolutely down. They are upset with David. And the Bible says that God tells them to go and pursue all. Well, 200 of the men, the Bible tells us, stay behind because they were so exhausted they were at the point of fainting and they said David we're not going with you we're not moving on we're not going through ahead with you and the Bible says that as they pursued the Amalekites that, that, that 200 of the men remained behind there was another place David needed help from his brothers and in twice the Bible tells us that one time it was, the, it was a man by the name of Abishai in 2 Samuel 21 17 who helped him defeat a giant later on in life when he was young he could go down in that valley by himself and God called him to go in there in the might and the power of the Lord. But when he got to a place where he was older, the Bible tells us, Connor, that God told him to go with other believers. He told him that he needed help from other people. And so the Bible said that he had to come and he needed the help of a brother. And thank God for Abishai who came after he had been fighting at Keilah. And he went in there, uh, to, uh, the Bible says, and he began to help uh, he began to help uh, Abishai helped him, excuse me, when he went to fight uh, uh, the, a giant there, Ishbi Banab, it was another example. But there was also a place where Jonathan, after he had been fighting in Keilah, had come to a place, then he fled from Saul. And, da and Jonathan, Saul's son, went out to David, the Bible says, and David was running from cave to cave and hiding from Saul. And he was weary and he was tired and he was discouraged from the battle. And the Bible says that Jonathan came to him, the Bible tells us in, in Samuel. And here's what Jonathan began, it said in 1 Samuel 23, 16. 
And Jonathan strengthened David's hand in God. Aren't you thankful for brothers and sisters that come along you when you're faint, when you're tired, when you're weary, and they just come alongside of you, kind of like Moses when he's weak from the battle, and Aaron and her come, and they raise his hands up so that the battle can continue to be won, and, 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 and God can conquer through the name of our Lord. David later wrote about one of these experiences in Psalms 27 about fighting and flighting from uh, Saul. And here's what he said in this passage of Scripture. I love this. Another great psalm you ought to write down and study this week. He says this in Psalms 27, 13. I had fainted. I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have fainted. I wouldn't have made it. I was so weary. I was so down. There's no way I was going to make it. Jeremiah also got discouraged and sorrowful. I just got through going through the book of Jeremiah. And Jeremiah in chapter 8 and 18 said this, My sorrow is behind, beyond healing and my heart is faint within me. My sorrow is beyond healing and my heart is faint within me and we can feel that way at times and I'm seeing a lot of people feeling that way you're going through family issues you're going through issues let me tell you something God is dividing if you haven't noticed he is dividing and I'm telling you what you better get in or get out and and the clash is real the struggle is real and I'm going to tell you what, it's coming to your families. Jesus said, I came not to bring everybody together. I came to bring two kingdoms that you can get in one of the kingdoms. And when you get in that kingdom, it's going to clash with the other kingdom. When you get in my kingdom, the kingdom of darkness is going to hate you. And folks, it will be members of your own household. It will be members of your own family. It will be members. And that's what's beginning to happen. We have had churches full of people from two different kingdoms. And guess what? what COVID is beginning to separate it and beginning to say you know what there's light and darkness here and we got to find out which is which and we're seeing this tearing and we're seeing that in our homes we're seeing that in our family the Bible said that this one will be against that one and that one against that one because light and darkness now cannot coexist and they are beginning to clash what fellowship has light with darkness God says, if you won't remove yourself from those people, I'll begin to do it. I'll begin to show you the difference between the holy and the profane. If you want to stay in that garbage, I, you, I'm fixing to separate the men from the boys. I will shake everything that can be shaken. So that only that which remains is what's of me. And folks, there's a dividing line being drawn. And you're going to get in or you're going to get out. Young person, hear me. You're going to get in or you're going to get out. And I and look, and I don't care who, I don't care what that sounds like anymore. Because you know what? I've gone through the garbage of, of, of being attacked for preaching the truth. And you know what? I've cast that mess off of me this week. And I'm not putting it back on. I'm not. I'm not going to be intimidated by men anymore more than God. I'm just not. I'm going to take the word. And I don't care who that offends. I'm going with God. And I'm going to preach the truth. And if it offends, you can take it up with Him. Now, I hope I do it with love. I hope I do it with love. Because He is love. 
And he wants you to get into the kingdom of God, not out of the kingdom of God. That's why he's so long-suffering. That's why we're continuing down this for so long and so long and so long is that he desires that none should perish, but that all should come to, the, to, to repentance. So, so, so Jeremiah faces this weariness. Isaiah, if you read the book of Isaiah, Isaiah faced weariness. But right here he brings us an awesome message of good tidings. He's a prophet of joy right here in Isaiah 40. He comes down and shows us that, hey, there's going to be fainting. There is going to be weariness. But he helps us to see the reality of spiritual fainting and the remedy that comes from it. And I want to give that to you. I want to just give you four simple things that we come out of these verses with to show us the reality of spiritual fainting and how we endure, how we find strength, how we come out of that weary and fainting places and don't let it happen to us because God promises to give us spiritual victory and he does it right here in these verses. And the first point this, that Isaiah helps us with, the first thing, truth that we see here is God never becomes weary. God never becomes weary. You become weary, but God never becomes weary. That ought to excite you. Isaiah 40, 28. The everlasting God faints not, and neither is He weary. You may get tired. I may get tired. Our spouse may get tired. Our parents may get tired. We may get feeble. We may get weak. I may let you down. Somebody close to you may let you down. we got to get our eyes off of, off of people and people. Guess what? Everybody here is going to disappoint you. And stay here long enough and you're going to get hurt in this place. And you're going to get hurt in your family. And you're going to get hurt at college. And you're going to get hurt in school. Why? Because there are people there. And they are fallen people. And God does not want you every time you get hurt to run and hide and isolate and wall yourself up. He wants us to work through those things and to be so secure in Him that we, don't, that we run out of these places and still extend our love to people who even revile us, say all manner of evil against us, curse us, chastise us do all of those things we still have an obligation by the love of God just like he did he was our example and he loved a whole humanity you included who nailed him to a tree and how will they know your mind when you learn to love like that because what reward have you for loving somebody that loves you only even sinners can do the same Big whoop. Big whoop. You want to brag on something? Brag on the fact when you learn to love somebody who spits in your face. Somebody who curses you. Somebody who betrays you. Somebody who reviles you. Somebody who slanders your name. Somebody inside here in these walls who says something about you and you learn to love and extend grace and mercy and love to them and truth to them. Then God says, we'll talk about doing something great because then you'll be walking in my power. Then you'll have agape love down inside of you and you will be moving like God moves and the world will see God. Amen. 
So, so the first reality Isaiah gives us is God never, in, the, in reality about fainting, is God never becomes weary. God never needs strength. All energy, all strength, all energy flow from God. He doesn't need rest. He doesn't need sleep. He doesn't need renewed strength. He is immutable, which means He unchanges. He does not change over time. He is never wearied. He is unaffected by everything around. Nothing diminishes is his strength if he moves and sovereignly moved to save the entire United States in one minute if he moved with his Holy Spirit power and all of America hit their knees and repented guess what not one bit of strength would have been used or diminished he's immutable He's immutable. His strength does not lessen. There is no change ever in his inner resources. He provi- and there's the good news. He provides strength to you, to the ones who are weak and the ones who are fainting. Look at number two, and we'll see the second truth found in these verses. Spiritual fainting affects every age group. Look at what he says in Isaiah 40 and 30. Even the youths or the young shall faint and be weary. Listen, everybody, if you are a Christian in this room, if you are a new Christian in this room, you may not have faced spiritual weariness yet, but guess what you will. It's always amazing to people who come down to this altar, come in my office, give their life to the Lord. They are on cloud nine. They're like a little bitty, like a little bitty lamb like running out of the stall, leaping and dancing and hopping and life is good and everybody's around them, congratulate them, but give it about six weeks. And all of a sudden I see this new person come through this door or maybe I don't see them come through the door. Maybe it's such a blow that I didn't think the Christian life was going to be like this. I didn't think it was going to be this tough. I didn't think it was going to be this hard. And all of a sudden something comes, the day-to-day life, weariness begins to set in and all of a sudden they're here on Wednesday and then they're not here. Then they're here on Sunday and they're not here. And before long fatigue sets in, fainting sets in and all of a sudden we see it. And it's every Every age, it doesn't matter if you are young, it doesn't matter if you're 18 or you're 80. He says here that spiritual fainting, don't think you've arrived super Christian because you're not. Don't think you've arrived at a place where you cannot faint. Because he says in this passage of scripture, a man that wrote much, much, uh, much greater than I could ever think about, a man by the name of Isaiah, under the unction and anointing of God, he tells us that even the young shall faint and be weary. He tells us that, that, that all ages are going to walk and be tempted to faint or give up at some point in their life. They're going to be, I'm too tired to go to the prayer meeting tonight. I'm too tired to go to Wednesday night Bible study. And they begin to drop their guard. You grow weary and by and you lessen your choices even the youths he says the young shall faint and be wearied and the young man shall fall exhausted or utterly fall the Bible says spiritual warfare how many know it drains us and boy we're in it right now spiritual warfare drains us 
disappointments by those close to you, being hurt by others, hurt uh, disappointments, testings, constant testings by the Lord, testing the Word in you, chronic pain, physical illness, day after day, week after week can just zap you and zap you and zap you and make you want to quit. Personal tragedy comes your way. Folks, if you look, have you watched the Beirut, Lebanon bombing explosion? Like 300,000 people immediately with no home. You want to talk about personal tragedy? We're talking about immediately these people out in the streets with nothing. Their government in turmoil, Hezbollah coming on the scene trying to take over this country and just pure evil trying to come in and seduce and take over these people. Absolute horror as you see these people out in the streets and the things that they are going in. And we're wondering, we're upset because of this or that. And folks, I'm telling you, they are facing a horrific, horrific tragedy there. And and, and weary, way, fainting, the Bible talks about, that, that you... When you come to a place, things beyond your normal, beyond our own control, and you realize I'm not Superman, I'm not Superwoman, I'm weak, I'm weary, I'm worn. He says, even your youth shall grow weary. New believers excited about the things of God, their first big wound by Christians, and all of a sudden they're weary. Even your young ones shall faint and grow weary. Spiritual weariness is for everyone, and we must learn to deal with it biblically, and I'm so glad Isaiah teaches us how to deal with it biblically in point three. He shows us the way of renewal and strength for the weary one. He tells us that it's waiting upon the Lord. He tells us, but they who wait for the Lord or wait upon the Lord shall or will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like the eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Folks, this is where you get it. You know what? I battled about this message because, uh, uh, you know, we always want to come up here and we want that real pizzazz. Whew, throw it out there. Woo! No, this is the part where you get, woo! The only problem is our flesh recoils at it. The only, the only part is it really, 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 really does work, but you got to do it. Uh, he really will give strength to, to the weary. He really will. I have proof of it this week. He really will if you will wait on Him. He really will renew your strength. There really is a remedy for what's going on. Last week I could hardly hold my head up in this place. Today I have strength that has been renewed from the throne of God. And I'm telling you, I got it the way Isaiah tells us to get it. And it's going in and saying, God, I need your strength. I have no strength. I'm tired. I'm weary. I need strength to go on in ministry. I need strength to go on in daily life. I need strength to continue to battle. I need strength to live over an abundant life over sin. I need strength so I'm coming to the place Isaiah said and God I'm waiting till you give me the strength fainting people are renewed 
They're transformed into strong climbers. They could not climb before. Now they can climb. Now they can soar. Runners could not run before. Brad couldn't run another mile. I couldn't even hardly run to church. I couldn't run anywhere. And now I go into a place. I wait on the Lord. I, you shall run and not grow weary, Brad Lindsay. You will walk and not faint. You're transformed in that place. He renews your strength because you're waiting upon Him. And the Lord will help you. Uh, he'll, he'll, he'll give you a, a word in that place. He'll touch you in that place. You'll go to that place in prayer and you wait with the Bible open and God promises new strength for whatever place you need the strength in. He promises that. To, is it, to wait is returning to communion. It's returning to communion with the Lord. Not busy and not hurrying, not looking for a sermon, not not looking for a new message to teach next week. Not looking for a song. Hey, how about go in the room and just sing him a song? Without any practice. Just raw, right there before the Lord. How about just going in and communing with Him, supping with Him, sitting at the table with Him? Because the Bible says that neglect brings leanness of soul. You want to know why we're weary? We've been neglecting communion with the Lord. They who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. He's talking about being still and knowing that He is God. It's going to a place and being still. God, I am weak. God, there are mountains everywhere. God, there are giants everywhere. Help me to find strength to know that I can face these giants. Help me to find strength to know that I can keep going in the journey. Help me to find strength, God. Either you heal my body or you give me the power to keep going in the midst of this trial. God, help me to glorify you. Dear God, give me strength for everything I need. And folks, I'm telling you, if you are weary, I'm, I'm, I'm begging you, I'm begging you with everything that is in me to get a day, get a half a day, go out into the country, go down by some water somewhere, go into your prayer closet, wherever you like to go, whatever you like to do, leave the phone outside, go into that place with God, get you a folding chair, sit there, you don't even have to talk or say a word. He can read the thoughts of your heart if you're that weary. And just sit there and breathe and let God renew your strength. They who wait upon the Lord, not they who busy themselves, not they who study more, not they who try harder. No, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Where did, where did Jesus go when he got weary? He went to his father constantly. You read it over and over and over and over again. Why did Jesus go to the father and pray and get along? To renew his strength. He was tired. The multitudes were pressing. They were thronging. They were taking his virtue out of him. They were, they were, they were around him everywhere. Hey, I think I'm going to get some rest. And here they are again. And he would rise up earlier and earlier and earlier to go get with his father. Why did he get with his father? Because they who wait upon the Lord 
shall renew their strength. Jesus knew this and that's why he went and got with the Father. The lame takes the prey, Isaiah tells us. The Lord visits the weak. He renews our grace. Ecclesiastes 9, 11 says, I returned and saw unto the Son that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, but to the weak and who learn to wait upon the Lord. It's to the weak. It's to the weak. Your strength can be renewed. How do we resist fainting? We start to see it biblically. The way to overcome fainting is to start to see it biblically. How do we see it biblically? Hebrews 12.3 says this, For consider Him who endured such hostility from sinners against Himself, lest you become what? Weary and discouraged or faint in your souls. How do we overcome weariness? Consider Him. Get your eyes on Jesus. Look at Jesus. Learn how He did it. Find out how He endured. Look at Him. Consider Him. View Him rightly. Get a new lens and perspective of the way you view battles and weariness in life. Begin to get a lens that sees Jesus. That begins to look at Jesus. Christ is the remedy. Consider Him in the context of your, of your weariness and you will be okay. Listen, it says consider Him uh, every translation. Every translation of that verse in Hebrews uh, reads, consider him. None of them change it. Consider him. Consider him. Consider him. In light of your weariness, consider him. Don't consider the mountain. Don't consider the layoff. Don't consider coronavirus. In light of everything, consider him. Consider Jesus. Consider Him in the context of your weariness. For the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The more that Christ is our life and our focus and the lens through which we view our weariness, then the less fainting spells we will have in our mind, in our hearts, in our soul, in our body. Why? Because He ran well. He endured weariness. He did not faint. So look unto Him. Cry out for help and He will give it. Listen to what Psalms 107 says. When their soul was fainting within them, Then they cried out to the Lord. Get your eyes on Jesus. Consider Him. Then the Bible says they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He heard their cry and He delivered them. Folks, they had hope in the promises of God. Get hope. Wait on the Lord. He'll speak a word of hope to you. It will rise you up out of the weariness and out of the weary place. Go into a place of communion. Cry out to God. Wait upon Him and you will experience strength. Somehow a transformation comes in the waiting time and you will experience strength. He told us in verse 29 of Isaiah, He gives power to those who are fainting. He gives power to those who are fainting. Like like angels who came to strengthen Jesus in the wilderness. After 40 days of fasting. And what happened? Angels came and strengthened Him. And they did it at the end in the garden as well. 
of the end of his ministry, at the beginning of his ministry, at the end of his ministry, he's still finding in his weary places that they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. And they'll mount up with wings as the eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and they will not faint. And we see that Jonathan strengthened David's hands in God. God will do that for those who trust in him. And the only thing you got to do is go into that place, ask God for it, cast yourself on his promises and watch his he will begin to lift up and take that burden off of your life because it is God who shows up in that place and runs to help you. Amen? Hallelujah. So what are we to do? Try harder, Dustin? No, we wait in weakness. And see, that offends some of us. You wait in weakness. Because all we've been taught is how to be, you, you a strong, independent Woman, you are strong, be a strong man. You don't need anybody. And so we've been taught about how to be strong and weakness is absolutely unappealing to us. But in the kingdom of God, it's everything. It is everything. Fainting is rooted in the wrong view of weakness. And he says, my power is made perfect in your weakness. Weakness is an advantage, not a disadvantage. In fact, you want to be strong in the kingdom of God, then you better become weak. You want to use your strength in the kingdom of God, then watch out. You're going to become weak. Uh, really, for real, for real weak. And, and, and won't receive that spiritual strength that you need. So spiritual power is attractive, but weakness is not. And we've got to change our view of this if we want to come in and find help in our time of need. Well, the last point that we find is number four in Isaiah, and it's this ultimately, and it's just a point that we need to know, is every Christian is to have a ministry to the fainting around them. Strengthening Isaiah 45.3, ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. In closing, I want to just say this, that, that this is a calling that has been given to every one of you in this body. If you are a believer in Christ, whether you like that or not, this is your calling. This ministry has been given to you. Strengthen ye the weak hands, confirm the feeble knees. 1 Thessalonians 5.14, it says to encourage the faint-hearted and to help the weak. Encourage the faint-hearted. It's right at the end of Thessalonians. It's an exhortation that we're giving there. A lot of time we get to the end and we're getting all those we're getting all that stuff at the bottom that we just kind of skim over real fast. But there's some good stuff in some of those places. There's some nuggets there and some things that we need to look at. And one of them is found at the end of 1 Thessalonians 5.14. Encourage the faint-hearted and help the weak. We have a ministry if you belong to God. You have a ministry to those who are fainting around you. You are to encourage the weak-minded. You are to help the weary just like Jonathan to David or the angels to, to Jesus. You are strengthening all those who, uh, who are in need around you. And the Bible tells us clearly for them and for us, do not faint, wait on the Lord. And he's saying, because there is a remedy. There's a remedy. And he's saying, let's endure to the end. Let's press on. Let's keep going. Do not faint. Keep going. Wait on the Lord. And God will keep His promises in here. And he's saying this ultimately, there really is no excuse for fainting when God has a place for you to go and to find a remedy. Father, we love you. We thank you for the simplicity of the Word of God today.
Just four simple truths here found by Isaiah in a majestic passage of Scripture about the glory of this great God. Oh, He just holds things, weighs out the things of the earth. It just shows us how big He is, how mighty, how massive, how strong, how incredible He is. And then we come down to these last points here. He does not faint. He does not grow weary. You grow weary. You faint. But there's a remedy. They who wait on the Lord, they shall renew their strength. Oh God, teach us to wait. Teach us the importance of prayer again. Teach us the importance of Bible reading. Teach us the importance of just sitting in Your presence. Teach us the importance of just having fun with You, laughing, cutting up, being in communion with You, waiting on You, bringing our weakness to You, and finding Your strength, God, to help us in time of need. Oh, Father, I pray you would quicken. Lord, there's nothing I can say. I, I came out here, I, I, it's just, I just felt, just deliver the message. I, I'll do the rest. Brad, it doesn't have to be all bells and what. Just, just deliver my word. And some will get it and some won't. Some will do it and some will not. But leave that up to me. They who wait on the Lord this week shall renew their strength. Renewal of strength. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Mounting up, soaring like eagles. God, I don't know. Too many of us feel like we've been soaring too lately through coronavirus. We've been bogged down in lots of turmoil and fights and fusses and and, and confusion. But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings. They can fly above. They'll soar on wings as the eagles. They shall run and not weary. God, transformation takes place there. I needed it this week. You provided it. I'm going to need it again this week. And you will provide it, God. Teach me to wait on you. Teach me to slow down. Teach me the value. When I go in there and my mind says, Just, what are you doing? It's not going to work. Pointless. Oh no. Oh no, Lord. Help us to believe Your Word. Help us to believe Your Word and Your promises, God, and to realize they that wait on the Lord, He will keep His promises too.